Hi, I'm Kristen Yorka, and thank you for joining us on the Wild Wonder podcast, where we seek to democratize and demystify holistic wellness practices by talking with people in the field. Today, we have artist, art therapist, author, and manifestation maven, Leah Guzman. Thank you for being here. Woo-woo. Thank you for having me, Kristen. Super excited to uh, you know chat with you today about art therapy. Full disclosure, I don't know much about what art therapy is, so I am going to be the spokesperson for those people out there that are new to this practice, mm-hmm. um, but I'm really excited to learn more. I'd like to start with, what is mm-hmm. art therapy? Mm-hmm. If we can have an abridged person, I know it's like the biggest question <laughs> ever. <but> like- <laughs> No, it's it's great. I mean, I'm glad that you've heard of it because, I mean, mm-hmm. it's been around for 80 years, but honestly, it's only been in the past few years that when people say, you know, what is our therapy? And like, they've never heard of it before. I'm like, what? You never heard of it? So I'm glad that you've heard of it. And I can totally mm-hmm. understand that you don't understand, you don't know what it's about because a lot of people don't know what it's about. And so that's where I feel like I'm in my life right now is kind of like going out there and talking about it so people can understand. So Basically, it's a psychotherapeutic um, approach to help you heal. So just like a licensed mental health counselor uses or a psychologist will use verbal therapy to talk to you, the art therapist is using art to help you communicate. So you are, um, you know, you're engaged with someone, with your art therapist. Mm -hmm. um, So you're going to be guided uh, through the process where um, you're working on specific needs. So w- it's whatever that you want to achieve for yourself. So maybe you might go seek a, an art therapist because you're having a lot of anxiety or bouts of depression mm-hmm. or have some PTSD. Um, or, you know, maybe there's a, uh, you know, might be going through a divorce or a life transition. So like it's whatever mm-hmm. you're at in your life and you just want some extra support um, and you can, they help you use the art as a tool to communicate. So you don't necessarily have to be an artist, but you do have to be open to, you know, trying the materials and the media and letting it, um, you know, learn how to use it as a language. So most of my clients that I do see are already artists. Like they, they know that their art is a language and they're drawn to it. And, um, but it's helping them get like a deeper meaning within art because the art has messages and Mm -hmm. it's giving you that opportunity to reflect because, when you're creating something, um, you might be, in, you know, you're so much into like whatever you're going on in your life that you might not have the opportunity to really like sit back and reflect like, why did I create this? Or why is this showing up in my life? Because the art really does mirror your thoughts. Your art is mirroring, um, you know, your behaviors or patterns. So that's why it's good to have someone to help you hold that space and we help you reflect on like how that does mirror your life and then what changes you can make. So it's, it's teaching you how to cope. And it's also, I mean, it has that beautiful aspect of helping you relax. You know, it's helping you just get into that process as well to, to use it as a, you know, a therapeutic tool to, to uh, you know, de-stress. All right. And I imagine that art, there's mm-hmm. certain things that we can't express, say, in, in words or with our cognitive thinking. Mm-hmm. And maybe art is a way to express those things that can't be expressed any other way. I think the only modality I have for that, since I'm very kinetic, is that mm-hmm. I can move. I can show you what it looks like in my body, right? And yes. so to parallel that, it would be like maybe for some, the only right way they could express a certain feeling or emotion or some trial mm-hmm. they're going through in their life is to paint or create. 
Yes. And that's exactly what we're doing. So it's like we're actually matching that feeling like with a color and being able to express it with lines and shapes and objects. And and so you don't have to always verbally say it. Um, but I do get that question, like, do you actually talk in therapy? Like, we well, usually we're going to create art first and then we'll mm -hmm. talk about it. You know, so, yeah, oh. it's that same same process of, um, you know, be, really being in the feeling of it. Um, so you're not really, you know, talking, but you're in that feeling. And then later you go around and, and reflect. That's what the reflecting is, is being able to verbally talk about, like, what's going on? Why did you choose those colors? Or what does that mean for you? And, you know, how's that showing up in your life? So if we explained it in like a step-by-step -step process, let's say a mm -hmm. person comes to you and they mm -hmm. express that they're dealing with something. Or I mm -hmm. often feel um, as a practitioner that people will come and they don't really know what's going on. They know that something is off. So I imagine mm -hmm. that happens in our therapy too. They, they don't really know. Um, and then they, you would create art with them or guide mm -hmm. them through an art process. Mm -hmm. And then there's a reflection period. And is that the talking part that, that then you would kind of guide them through um, trying to come to an understanding of what they've created? Yes. So it's coming from them. So uh, for them to have that reflection. And, you know, usually when people come to me, like, it's that same thing as well. Like they know that they're either bothered or something is uncomfortable or they feel like they're off and they're not sure why they're not getting what they want. Usually that's what mm -hmm. it is. It's like, you know, they want like a lover or they want just a new job or something and they're just feeling really stuck and so you know we then and i always look at it as i call it like healing and manifesting because it's like it's usually that we do want these certain desires um but the block is because we need healing in that certain area right and so it's right. it's being able to uncover that of you know where does that stem from and usually you know most of those are coming from you know our belief systems and how we grew up and it's there's always a story back there we all have a story somewhere that right. that needs to come up and be explored and and it is easier um you know to to create it to um you know if you're being guided to know how to to you know touch base with that you know those tender moments or what needs to be expressed and i imagine that there's people that you also help to get really clear on their wants or the desires and values. Would that mm -hmm. be true? Yeah, that's how I usually start my sessions. I always start, I like to look at everything as like holistic and everything's interconnected. So just looking at mm -hmm. every area of your life from, you know, your, your partners to like relationships with your coworkers to with your children and your parents, and then looking at like your spirituality, um, you know, your career, your travel, um, your projects. I look at like every single area and, and have you rate it. So it's kind of like we have a stepping stone. And it's like, you know, if you're like at a one, but you want to be at a nine, okay, what are those kind of those baby steps in getting there? You know, so it's kind of looking at that life as like a pie. Um, and then always going back to check in, um, you know, what are those steps that you're working on so that you can kind of see that you're, you are expanding, you, know, you are, you're, you're moving and you're, you're learning and healing to manifest what you want. Is there a challenge that you've been seeing recently that um, maybe an overwhelming majority of your clients or students have been experiencing? Mm, that's, that's a really good question. I always feel like usually the practitioner is bringing someone on that something they've already experienced. 
Like, <laughs> does that right. make sense? So it's like, yeah. it's like the only challenges that I've had are like people mm-hmm. are coming to me. It's like, oh my God, I've been there. You know, I, that was me five years ago. That was me, you know, that was, you know, wherever I was at. Yeah. So the clients that I've been attracting are um, have been women that have been blocked that that are artists, but they're like right now they feel really blocked and they want to express themselves. They want to find their voice. And I've been there. Um, and then also women who are artists that have um, they want to take their work into more of like a spiritual practice mm-hmm. um, and really like just being comfortable because they might like practice Reiki or they might practice, um, you know, some other things and they want to be able to infuse uh, their art and offer services. So uh, maybe they want to do like healing art groups or, you know, something along those lines. Um, And they're not quite sure. Um, You know, sometimes I work with people who want to become art therapists and there's, I I work with people that might not want to go that route because the, Mm -hmm. to become an art therapist, it's, it's, it's pretty rigorous. You have to get a master's Mm -hmm. degree and it's a two year program. You usually have to move and live there and it's very expensive. And, um, Mm -hmm. you know, not everybody wants to go that route, but to have that training, it's, um, it's very clinical and it's, it it really helps you to be trauma informed so that you can go into any situation and really be able to help with the mental health aspect. And so for, there are a lot of wonderful artists out there that are, that do help um, with, with healing and, you know, they do like healing groups and things like that, but they just don't have that same type of training. So it's a little different. Yeah. So, um, but there's nothing wrong. I have no judgment either way, whatever path, you know, you want to go on and, um, and I support, I support creatives and what their, their choice is. But I feel like that's who I've been attracting um, in my independent, you know, private practice work. That's that's who's been showing up. So in general, it's more like people going through a transitionary period. Yeah. Yeah. Or wanting which to show almost, up. Yeah. Which almost we could almost all argue that we're all going through a transitional period right now because <laughs> the world yeah. is upside down and we kind of all have to figure out what, how we're born anew in this new world true um so if like for a person like me that was not artistically mm-hmm. gifted or mm-hmm. spiritually gifted in art um my mom was a painter i tried really hard it just wasn't my thing um what are the benefits to doing a practice like this or even attempting mm-hmm. a practice like this say you're open enough to try um what are the benefits for somebody that's maybe not um it isn't their first go-to. Okay. Are you really analytical? I'm just curious. <laughs> are, you, are you very analytical? I'm super analytical. Okay. Well, that's what it is. Okay. So <laughs> you want to use the other side of the brain, right? Okay. So that's the benefit is that if you it, it teaches you to shut off the analytical part. Because anytime that I've had classes where um, I used to do in-person classes, and I would always have someone that was very analytical, and they would get stuck. And it's really teaching them to like, to, you know, get out of that thinking and really get into the feeling. Mm-hmm. It's like feel colors, feel how when they touch, you know, that's that vibration. What is, do you like that? If you, and mm-hmm. if you like that, then let's do that. And if you don't like it, let's try something else. You know, so it, it's really just more of that playful, intuitive approach that can be so cathartic and satisfying, you know, but you have to allow yourself to get there yeah. once you feel it uh, you're like oh this is fun you know i want to i want to do it again <laughs> yeah. but it does like if you're very analytical and you want to judge you want to stay in the line and you want to 
which I've worked with a lot of people. I mean, I actually, I remember one client in particular, she, I mean, she's actually, um, she was, she's a engineer for the brain. Like she would make stints for like people who have oh, blood wow. clots and stuff. Like, yeah, she, but she really wanted to like calm herself and like do the other side of her brain. And I remember she would, you know, her artwork would be like the colors would just almost touch, but she didn't want to touch. I'm like, no, let them touch. Like, you know, it was like this baby stick to get into it, you know? And then when she yeah. got that, aha, she's like, oh, I get it. I, I love that. So, yeah. So she was, she was really into like mandalas and like doing things like that to, to calm herself. But oh, we could, we could be besties. I, yeah. I recently did. <laughs> <laughs> I recently did an art therapy type um, meditation or healing, and I'm I'm such a perfectionist that mm -hmm. I was the last person done, and I refused to stop. <laughs> and everyone's like, "Can you just just let it go? Just like, finish the thing. Every line doesn't have to be exactly as you want." I was like, "No, but it does." <laughs> But yeah, then you felt satisfied, and, and and that's okay too. It's kind of like knowing where you are, but that can trip you up. You know, that's the part where yeah. you can like, and that shows up in different areas of your life. You know, so that's kind of that exploration of you know learning how to let right. go and, and be be okay with stuff. Yeah, we all have something. <laughs> and then it makes me think of so I'm able to visualize. Mm -hmm. But for instance, I just spoke to a family member the other day and I actually got the funniest text. It said, are you able to see things in your brain? And I was like, what? Um, yeah. And, and he's like, so you close your eyes, you're able to see things in your brain. I'm like, yeah. He's like, I don't. I don't even think I dream. And I was like, that's interesting. So I wonder mm -hmm. if art therapy is something that could bridge that gap. Is it? Because I have the ability to visualize. I don't mm -hmm. necessarily, there's a block between the coming out with my hands and being able to draw or paint it. Mm -hmm. But I wonder what, for those people that actually have trouble um, bringing up an image in their mind, how that would assist them. That's really interesting. I mean, that would be like a really nice like research thesis. Look <laughs> 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 into. Yeah, most, most definitely. Or if, you know, if they're interested, if they're open to like learn how to do that, I'm sure that would be, um, you know, a process that an art therapist could assist someone, help them how to visualize. Yeah, I could imagine not being able to do that because it almost feels like, like my superpower, like daydreaming is just like one of my favorite pastimes. Right. So <laughs> <laughs> what I do all the time. Right. I imagine it'd be hard to like imagine for you or visualize for you. But I, I, I'm just considering that there's so many different ways our brain is accustomed to thinking. Like some people like see color when they listen to music. I see movement when I listen to music or some people you can give them a shape or ask them to visualize something really far out. And immediately they're like, yeah, and you could even put that on paper. And then mm -hmm. some people, um, they're more verbal and that's not an option for them. So I think art therapy is a, is a great way, not only for the people that are already directed in that way or are spiritually mm -hmm. gifted in that way to be able to create art, but as also to do the opposite. Like in yoga, we say always do that thing that you least want to do or the opposite of what you want to do just to be able to use your brain in a different way and learn about yourself in a different way. Yes. I mean, I, even within my own art practice, um, I like, 
like I sometimes I like really analytical, like I like doing portraits and you know, those are really challenging because you have to be very precise. But then my brain wants to use the other side and like behind me I have this like intuitive, you know, just colors everywhere. Like I, I need that other. So I kind of go back and forth just because I could feel my brain working differently. Right. And now that you mentioned that the intuitive aspect of it. And I do a lot of work in what's known as the woo sphere. So in intuition and manifestation, how does art therapy assist someone that is trying to connect with their own intuition? Well, it's tapping into like what I was mentioning of what feels good for you. So it's like, Mm -hmm. as you are like putting down those colors, that's, that's intuitive of like picking what colors are you attracted to, you know, and being able to listen to that, you know, listen to that, your, yourself. And so, um, yeah, some, some people aren't aren't tapped into that. So that's where it is, where it's good. Like you have those choices. And it's like, okay, well, those colors do have meaning. And, you know, what what's that meaning for you, you know? And mm-hmm. um, so it is it is an inner journey. I would say that's, that's part of the process is um, seeing what the symbols come up and then what do those symbols mean for you? It's not like I'm giving them the message. The message is coming from them because it's their world, you know, and, mm-hmm. you know, what's important to you. Um, and as far as like manifesting, I see it more as energetically, you know, you know, wanting to be in alignment. Um, like when I had mentioned, like someone would, you know, wanting to manifest a lover, it's like, okay, well, you know, energetically, how are you loving yourself? And mm-hmm. how can we get into that, that feeling, you know, and then making art about that. So we'll do a lot of heart chakra artwork and, you know, bringing in those colors, the pinks and the greens and um, affirmations and, and things like that into the artwork so that they're, you know, they're going to be able to vibrate at that, that space um, so they can manifest that desire. Does that make yeah, sense? Isn't that always the missing piece? Yeah, it totally makes sense. I just <laughs> want to highlight something that you said um, that usually it's something, it's reflective of their own inner experience. So they're saying they want a lover but how well are you a lover to yourself, mm-hmm. right? And that's the inner work that you do through these practices, art therapy and other modalities. So mm-hmm. you could begin to see, yeah, you want that thing. But if mm-hmm. that thing were here right now, are you able mm-hmm. to accept that? Are you able to live in a space of reciprocity? Or would that thing show up and you'd completely block it out or not even see it because you don't have this connection to your heart? Um, okay, yeah, so just jumping into what we were talking about. Uh, yeah, so even if if the want or the need was to desire a lover, we would be also doing a lot of um, artwork of what their heart looks like and what symbolism mm-hmm. um, goes with, with that heart. Because I've um, done many, many of those sessions where, you know, I've seen the, the caged heart or the heart with wings mm-hmm. or the broken heart, um, anchored heart, like all kinds of symbolism that can come along with of where they're at and then being able to see it they're like oh wow that's you know that's a powerful image right of where i'm at and that that reminds me of um inversely i when i was doing emotional release therapy or eft there's this idea of anchoring and it's the ability to like um so you've heard of it it's ability to surround yourself with the things you're trying to live into or manifest so if a person was trying to like heal a broken heart, they would keep that painting up. Or if they were trying to find love or live in the spirit of loving, they would surround themselves with images or artwork that would kind of imbue that imbue them with that energy. 
I love it. It's like feng shui. I like to do that too. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> put things around you and put it in certain corners. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> but that's what I think of when also like the great beauty, even if you're not creating the art, of being mm-hmm. able to be surrounded by art and to be mm-hmm. able to appreciate it, whether it's in like a, a museum or like an art fair. To be able to like engage with that part of your brain that is nonverbal or maybe not at the forefront of your experience. Yeah, I mean, I definitely need it. Like, it's I'm a little fixated on Instagram. Like, for my art feed, is like I see so many incredible artists, and it's like oh, it's so satisfying to me. Because before, before Instagram, I remember I just go to the art shows or the art fairs, and how much I I needed that, and my soul just felt so soothed after consuming I feel like it's art candy I'm like oh it's so good <laughs> right and then it, it makes me think like if we think of so I'm not this uh, so I always think of how I tend to dress all in black and say we're both in black but it makes me think, <laughs> it, it, for me for me like black is like it feels safe and comfortable like if I could just have an all black wardrobe I would probably do that but I'm thinking of like our clothing or our fashion as art or mm-hmm. as a way to connect with a certain part of us or connect to a way we want to feel. Um, could you speak to like how maybe wearing certain colors or being surrounded by certain colors could change your your experience or your emotional landscape? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's really interesting. I, I bring this up, um, the story up a lot because when when I I really love working with the chakras, and I remember there was a time um, when I was really really anxious. This was kind of a time when I was my kids were really little, like two, you know, and my daughter was probably like one or something. And um, I was just feeling very anxious and had lots of bouts of depression because I wasn't actually creating. And I really was attracted to the color red, and not realizing that like my carpet was red or the rug in my mm-hmm. my living room right. I had red pillows I had red drapes and I was like decking everything I'm like why is like why am I decorating everything in red and then when I was like doing my artwork I was like oh my goodness it's like I was relating to that root chakra that I really needed mm-hmm. to, to ground myself and I and that that red was actually very healing for me like I felt like I needed to be surrounded by that color um, and it's interesting now is the color blue. <laughs> I've been like, it's so much in my paintings right now. Like my room, like my house is like this, this room is, is totally showing up is that throat chakra, um, and, and indigo, the, the third eye. But, um, yeah, and I, and I see that in my client's artwork as well. It's like they are attracted to certain colors. And when I find out, you know, the emotional, where they're at emotionally, um, that that will usually match you know if they have like a lot of shame you know in that that sacral area if they're you know dealing mm-hmm. with their self-confidence you know it could be the yellow or they might just dislike that color they're like i hate yellow and i was like well why are you hating yellow when you just you know your self-confidence is like this like let's maybe we need to explore that a little bit <laughs> and just, just moving back for those um, listeners or people viewing that don't know much about the chakras, can you speak to that a moment? What the chakras are and then their corresponding colors? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so for the chakras are these energy centers in the body, and I know that that Kristen, you use it a lot in your yoga classes, which is amazing because mm-hmm. I've been to your yoga classes and, and do a lot of chakra work with them. And, um, yeah, so for each one, um, you know, they're, they're vibrating at a certain frequency and a certain color. 
And so like the lower um, chakra, which is the root chakra, it's like by your tailbone, um, is like that red color. So that's um, also if it's, you know, if you're feeling really balanced, you're going to be um, grounded, uh, feel very like supported and rooted. Um, and if you're not, then you're going to have that anxiety, anxious feel. And so it's also like related to um, like your family and money, and your basic needs, those type of things. So if you don't have those, you are going to feel anxious or, or not secure, really insecure. Yeah. And so like, like moving up. Yeah. Like just on the root chakra, I like to say yeah. so many women especially have yeah. trouble with the root chakra because you know, patriarchy and the culture in which we're raised. Mm -hmm. um, and I like to think of the chakras in terms of rights, like our right mm -hmm. um, to do certain things. So the root chakra, I like to say, is our right to exist in the world. Oh, I love that. I oh, look at this. I have this sitting right here. Can people oh, see yeah, that? So yeah, the root chakra. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and so um yeah the root is what i need right and so moving mm -hmm. up is the orange is the sacrum um the sacral chakra and that's i want um your desires and so that can be blocked by guilt for wanting those desires um and you know usually if people have any kind of um traumas or abuses they usually it shows up in like that root or um, mm -hmm. blocks um, or issues um, and then moving on up to that solar plexus which is yellow and this one says I am so this is about like your self-confidence um, and feeling worthy and basically it's um, you know I think it's, it's, it's either balancing by moving too fast or moving too slow so it's like you could be overpowering and domineering would mm -hmm. be like moving too fast. And then like if it's moving too slow, it's like you're like really like timid and, and not being able to like uh, speak up for your needs. And so that's what, for the um, solar chakra, I always think of it as, at least for me, most created, mm -hmm. most connected to creativity. Would oh, you, yeah. Yeah. I always think of it as like, um, since I think of it in, in terms of rights, it is mm -hmm. my right to create in the world. So if I don't feel like I have any right to create in the world, then I don't necessarily want desire to be created, creative in the world or create something out in the world. Hmm. I, I see it as like taking up space. <laughs> like yeah, I feel yeah. of yeah, wanting yeah. to take up space um, and feeling mm -hmm. confident and worthy that I can do that. Right. Um, yeah. So I can, I can see how it can be related to that too. Um, your heart chakra is about relationships and caring and being able to give and receive love. And that's that frequency of, um, some people say it's pink, but also green, um, mm -hmm. that heart chakra. And then the throat chakra is about communicating um, with others and yourself, those words that you say to yourself. And it also has to do with listening, too. So mm -hmm. it's being reciprocal of, you know, you're speaking, but you also have to... <laughs> take stuff in the true meaning of communication where there's a, a back and forth yes and then moving on up to that third eye if i see and like we were talking about earlier about like having those visions um so that person mm -hmm. might be blocked in their true. third eye chakra so thinking about that it's more of like a, an indigo blue um i have a question then, about that the, with the block the third eye Mm -hmm. uh, what would cause a block in the in the third eye and your ability to visualize? Um, 
I'm not sure what would actually cause the block. I mean, if I guess it would have to look at the person if has it always been there, or did something yeah. happen? You know, there, yeah, there could have been like a trauma. There. Mm -hmm. Maybe an early oh, I, trauma where they weren't allowed to. I don't know, maybe dream or. They or they could have been ridiculed for for their visions for speaking out about something like oh. seeing or maybe they're scared of, of the visions that they see um mm -hmm. and they blocked it off that could it could be oh. i'm just trying to think of like what what could could stop it um and then like healing that would I, I've, I've seen a, um, a video uh where the woman carol tuttle she's really really good with the chakras and she was like rubbing rubbing it open rubbing your third eye open i always thought that was cool or Putting the stone. Um, I love before. putting stones. Yeah. I always put peacock ore on my forehead. Oh, nice. <laughs> and then the crown um, is I merge. So connecting with source energy. Um, and so the colors are like purple and gold and, and white. Yeah. Hopefully that's a little chart's helpful. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so the chakras all have colors. The chakras have to do with an imbalanced energies in the body and if we wanted if we wanted to bring in the experience of the chakras um we can we can do that through creating art we can do that by surrounding ourselves with art or or certain colors mm -hmm. um, my favorite is i always paint my nails in the in the color that i'm trying to embody oh, I love it. <laughs> What color are they today? Are they black? They are purple. purple. <laughs> Very cool. Um, <laughs> like swords. So, so my clothes might be all black, but at least my nails have a color. <laughs> right. But it helps me remind me also as kind of a not only as a ritual, but kind of a, as an intention throughout mm -hmm. the day. Like I, I know that I painted my nails this color because I wanted to be more intuitive, to be more connected, mm -hmm. to feel less analytical and more creative. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that helps throughout the day. I was just thinking about like blocked in the third eye is yeah. when you become too analytical and you don't want to listen to the intuitive mind. I remember reading yeah. that somewhere as well is that um, you know, the source, you know, the universe will give you like downloads or like inspiration. And then your analytical mind will want to say, well, how could this possibly happen? Because you only know your past experience. And so mm -hmm. you could block that. And so that's how it could get blocked by always analyzing things and like being very too, too much into this physical realm and then not being able mm -hmm. to receive um, and listen because the universe is going to stop giving you those signs if you're not listening to it right yeah <laughs> yeah i always think of like it, it like the idea that's downloaded from the universe doesn't necessarily die with you you just get mm -hmm. the opportunity to bring it out into the world otherwise it just moves on to someone else yeah because yeah. you know, it has to be born if we if we think of like the muses right in greek mythology you invoke the muses and the muses will come and it's your choice whether to listen to them or not. And if you don't, that's fine with them. They'll just move on to someone else that will. Oh, but it's so much fun to play, right? It's so much fun to listen. And yeah. <laughs> like, okay, I'll try it. If you, if you allow yourself to, right? Um, but I was thinking, um, 
Are there certain day-to-day -day things that we can do to be more open to these creative downloads, to be more open to listening to muses, um, other than wearing certain colors or surrounding yourself with certain things? Yeah, I mean, just the simple journaling, like, you know, carrying a, a little sketchbook with you and doing a little journal every day. I, I mean, Jungian, um, Carl Jung basically did mm -hmm. that. He did 365 uh, drawings um, in a year, one a day, and he just did little circles and did mind, shape, and color. And that's when he realized, like, oh, wow, this actually is a representation of my mood. Like, he could see the mm -hmm. patterns of, like, of his mood. So that's just like a really simple task of, you know, getting in touch with your emotion, getting in touch with your intuition, but it's got to be that practice, um, not just doing it one time, like, oh, yeah. I did it. It's, you know, and, and even like when there's the clients that I meet, like I, I tell them, like, you got to have at least 14 sessions. Like, I want to meet with you for three and a half months so that we can mm -hmm. see your patterns, so we can, you know, yeah. really start to understand your own art and the messaging and where you want to go with it. So, yeah, it's a practice. It's kind of like a commitment. Like, I do want to do this. I want to learn. But I love that because I am so wordy. I, I, I understand the word, the world through words and writing. So I hadn't even considered that journaling could be like a painting a day. Like it hadn't even crossed my mind, but that would be so much fun. And it would use a completely different part of my brain that I'm not used to using. Mm -hmm. um, I actually do it inversely. I would... I tend to look at a, a painting or a tarot card or an oracle card and then journal about it. So it's backwards. Mm -hmm. But um, maybe to dive deeper into creative aspects of my mind that I'm that I'm not used to using, maybe mm -hmm. drawing without judgment and then seeing what comes of it and, and kind of analyzing it later, or at least reflecting on it later would yes. be a really cool tool. That would be awesome, and uh, and for me, I'm I'm trying to open up my throat chakra, so I'm I'm journaling because I'm I feel like we're we're just so opposite right now. Because like when you're talking, I'm, like, <laughs> I'm so not wordy, and <laughs> I'm trying to get my thoughts out, I'm trying to get my words out. So like I've been journaling in the morning and even at night just to like to become more expressive, you know, just to just to write, right? So it's it's funny, yeah, how that can. That's so so great. That's why the world is balanced. That's why we need all like flavors and modalities because if we stay stuck in our own box, you know mm -hmm. what what we're good at or what we tend to like and what we like to do, then we don't really allow ourselves to grow and expand because we always stay yeah. within what's comfortable. Yes. And drawing wouldn't necessarily be comfortable for me. <laughs> because it's going to make you really uncomfortable. <laughs> it, would, it would initially make me really uncomfortable because I know that um, I'm not, you know, spiritually inclined in that way. Yeah. But how is anyone going to grow if we just stay in our, with like in our back pocket? You know? Right. You never know what the universe could, what messages could come up in your drawing. You know? So that's really awesome. So you are going to share with us in activity i'm gonna join you um okay so yeah. we, we asked everyone to bring either a sketchbook or a white piece of paper um for those of you listening uh to the podcast and don't have a uh, video please don't be driving and trying to do an art project i feel like i have to say that and then <laughs> the side of the road and take out your sketchbook um we also need some kind of art materials. What what would you suggest? What's something people would have around the house? 
Yeah, it could be something simple, whatever you have. I mean, ideally, it would be like colored pencils or markers or um, gel pens. I love Sharpies. Like, that's my favorite is just using a Sharpie for some. But you could start off with a pencil, like an easy sketch, and then fill it in is totally fine. I thought it would be fun to, um, this is like the new year, and um, we're kind of starting off with our intentions and things like that. I just did a, a, like a vision board class in my membership group. And this is one of the next steps is creating a treasure map. Um, so we're talking about like that manifesting. So creating a treasure map of what you want to see um, this coming year. So it's actually like drawing out, like you could say three projects. What are like three main projects or three main things you'd love to see this year to happen? And, um, you know, you could make a little key for yourself and say, so go ahead and, little, yeah, make a little box. Like make, a key, make a little box. Okay. Yeah. Make a, make a little, like, what would, and then identify your three things that you want to see happen this year. And then as we, as we do this, is there, um, like, uh, is there a wrong way, um, to write your three things? Are, is there any way to be too general or too specific? Yeah, I would say um, just three things that you would like to see happen, right? So it doesn't have to be, um, it doesn't have to be, I don't think there's anything wrong for your desires. It's like whatever it is that you would like to see, um, like a pro, I always say project because I'm just like a project, I love projects. So I'm, I'm putting <laughs> projects. Um, it, could be related, it could be related to your home, it could be related to relationships, it could be related to like any area of your life, like maybe you want your spiritual practice to grow, so you want to like meditate every day, so you could say one of them could be like spiritual practice, you know, so it's whatever that you want to see, yeah. Happen. So it could be fairly general, like you, like mm -hmm. if you want to be like financially abundant, you could just write that versus like, yeah. I want a million dollars by September 21st. You know, right, right, right. It could be, it could be more general. Most okay. definitely. Yeah. So did you write down three things? Mm, almost. Okay. <laughs> I gotta get my vision board. I have to like, what did I say I wanted again? Oh, cool. I have one, <laughs> two, three. Um, I'm trying not to be so analytical. I'm gonna be more general. Um, this is funny because this is more of like an analytical thing than like um, I usually do. So this is funny. <laughs> <laughs> but for me, I'm like, but how many and how specific and where do you want me to do this? <laughs> and we did an episode on neurolinguistical programming, NLP, um, and manifesting in that way for the year um, where we had to be very specific. So this oh, is like another cool. way and another way, another part of the brain. Um, yeah. Well, we're going to get more specific as we draw the treasure map oh. um, because um, you're going to start outlining like the steps. So okay. it's kind of like, um, you know, you can put arrows or you could put like for each one of these, one, two, three, you could put like a little symbol next to it of what that represents. So. Okay. I'm going to draw a little symbol and I know this one's going to take me a long time. So I'm going to like, I want my treasure map to kind of be like a swirl. So I'm going to put my, this one particular, my first one, I'm going to draw it here, but it's going to take a little while to get there. So I'm just going to put my symbol there. Right. 
Um, and then in the next symbol, you pick something else for your second one that you want to create. So just for the people listening and not watching, there's a, a square on one side that's the key. And you mm -hmm. have your three things that you want to manifest um, mm -hmm. throughout the year. And each one, you're giving it a symbol. And then you're drawing out these symbols somewhere on the paper, correct? Yes. Okay. So I have airplane, dollars, and a heart. <laughs> awesome. I have, have birds, mm -hmm. I have a book, and I have a card deck. Okay. So, yeah. So, on this treasure map, you can... I'm putting mine more like a timeline because I know one's going to take... Um, I could be working on one, and these are going to take longer, even though these are mm -hmm. steps that I'm going to have to do, like, baby steps each each month to get here but it's probably gonna take you like 12 months to get here nine months somewhere like that but so what i'm gonna do is for each one of these i put them on here and then i'm gonna like brainstorm right this is that analytical um and you could just write it on here as well so uh, backing up a second when we yeah. have our symbols on our paper mm -hmm. we're kind of connecting them in a timeline and the timeline can be linear or it could be circular or it could be like a snail shape or any really mm -hmm. any shape you want mm -hmm. okay. yes and you're connecting one thing to the other kind of estimating how much time it's going to take you mm -hmm. okay and then obviously to to create this as a treasure map you can add little islands and you can um you can you know make it however you you like you could put some palm trees on here you could you know you could put your riches and gold, you know, like if you're trying to manifest money, you want to do like a treasure mm -hmm. chest. That's cute. Yeah, that's cool. um, <laughs> yeah mm -hmm. you can add as many symbols and you could spend at least a good 30 minutes of adding details to represent okay. that. So like, even though this is like my symbol for this, I want to add, uh, I would do want to put like a nice big old treasure chest like of, of gold in here too, because I feel like that can go together. Um, being real abstract about what I'm manifesting here, but <laughs> um, but what you want to do here as well is like we're we're looking at it, but this is also like almost like game planning. Now the next step is like, yeah, you can make it beautiful and cute because this is something you're game planning, but the steps of what can you do within these? Um, I put my these arrows here. I guess I'm trying to explain it to those who mm -hmm. can't see it, but I'm putting my arrows here. But what are these steps? Like, what can I do in these three months? What can I do in these next three months? What can I do in the following three months to make these happen? So, okay, so you can start. Oh, yeah, go sorry. ahead. If we imagine ourselves as like a miniature person on our map, and yes. let's say that every time we, if it's like a game board, every time we jump to the next space is like mm -hmm. a month, and then we jump to the next space, that's two months, and we jump to the next space, that's three months, and we arrive at the first thing we want to manifest. If that's what, how long we think it's going to take us to get there. Yeah. So you're like kind of guesstimating. Um, for example, the birds are representative of this art series that I'm working on. So mm -hmm. it's going to take some time to, to create it. So I'll put on here um, for one of my tasks would be to, um, you know, paint three times a week. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, mm -hmm. And then I want to like also 
of thinking about like I'm gonna be marketing these pieces of work. So I wanna like I wanna share my process with people. Share my process. Like on Instagram. You know? Mm-hmm. So like what like start thinking of like the details that go along with that, you know? And, like right, the actual them. physical tasks you wanna take yeah. in as you move toward this this goal on your treasure map. Yeah. So this might be like updating my website, but it also could be like making connections with people. Um, you know, maybe I'll reach out to some hotels and, and share my work or, you know, like, so like really like brainstorming and visualizing and thinking of like, how can I um, make this to be successful? Or, you know, how do you want to see it? You know, and then how do you see those steps getting there? So it's almost like working your way backwards because say your first one is that you want to create this art series. So you, mm-hmm. you almost imagine it and you draw it as done or symbolize mm-hmm. it as done. And then you kind of work your way backwards as to what steps need to be taken in order to get to that final result. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then what's cool about it is like you can, you can share, um, you know, uh, with people and then they can help you brainstorm as well um, of getting to those goals and, and ways to do it too, which is fun. So you can do it in a group. This could be like a fun group project mm-hmm. of of setting three goals and then working on a treasure map and and brainstorming what you would need to work your way backwards from each of these goals. Mm-hmm. And then I have, a, I have a question. Could you do more than one? Like say you have three goals for your spiritual life, three goals for your creative life, three goals for your uh, home life. Um, mm-hmm. Could you do three different ones? Yeah, yeah, because this one definitely is just focused on more like my business aspects of mm-hmm. of what I want to do, like with my art and what I want to create this year. But yeah, I definitely could have like a separate one um, focusing on like my my home life would be probably totally different than that. So yeah, that'd be cool. And I imagine like I get a lot of um, students and clients that aren't really clear on what their goals are. And it brings me back to you saying that we could use our journal and do our one piece of art a day and maybe bring some clarity in that way. Mm -hmm. Um, Are there any other preparatory steps that you would suggest in order to get more clear on the goals? Because I often experience, and and within myself too, that Mm -hmm. maybe I I feel like I, I want this thing, but the picture is not quite as clear as I would like it to be in order to create a treasure map. Mm. Um, so I think journaling would really help. Um, is there something else that you can think of? Yeah, I think it goes back to how do you want to feel? So it goes back to, you know, how do you ideally want to spend your day? How do you want to spend your time? And what is that feeling that you want? Because usually our desires we think are going to bring us this joy and that, and, and that. So it's those baby steps of it doesn't even have to be like some huge big accomplishment it could be um i, I bought myself roller skates for for christmas and my daughter's roller skates no way it, i i just bought myself roller skates and i'm waiting for the fedex guy to get here <laughs> oh that's awesome that's cool. yeah yeah because it brings me that feeling of freedom it's like i love right. being 11 and 12 years old and just like roller skating and i was like yeah. ah. I want to connect to freedom, you know, so like that could be like financial freedom. That could be just like my personal work freedom of having like creative, I can do whatever I want, that type of thing. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so you can connect to it in other areas of your life where, um, you know, it's going back to that 
feeling first. What's the feeling that you want? And then finding those little experiences to, to put it in your day. Is that, is that how to kind of explore that a little bit more that people that helps, that helps so much because I think most of us, at least here in the Western world, we, we think in terms of achievements or goals mm -hmm. first without mm -hmm. considering exactly that. How do I want to feel? And it might not be like I need to travel around the world right now. It might be, I just need roller skates to travel around my neighborhood listening to Madonna because that makes me feel good. Yes. You know. And you got freedom. There's so much freedom in those roller skates. And there's so much freedom. Yeah. <laughs> but I was even thinking I could only run so far, but I could skate farther, you know? <laughs> Did you get in for the four? No, it's off. Oh, okay. Okay, me too. That's what I got. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. That's going to be so, fun. Yeah, I, I think that's so valuable. And it brings me back to a neuro, NLP, Neuro Linguistical Programming session I did on values, um, which really helped me clarify uh, exactly what my values were, mm -hmm. um, which number one was freedom. Um, mm -hmm. And sometimes you, we actually end up working against ourselves Mm -hmm. um, because we're focused on the goal, mm -hmm. you know, I want freedom, but I've decided to teach 17 classes this week, you know, in person, like that's not, <laughs> I'm not acting in the way that's going to get me to that feeling. Mm -mm. Right. Yeah. So it's, yeah. Cause the analytical mind is like, Oh, well that will make me this much money. And then they're like, the source says, we want you to feel good. You know, we want you to like, you know, buy those roller skates and, and go around in circles so that you can like right. have that. Just <laughs> right. have fun and be a kid again because it's what you really want, you know? Yes. Yeah. Um, and I think it also helps us, especially now with this, um, we're oversaturated with other people's mm -hmm. lives, right? On not Instagram and Facebook and everything else and television that we could almost, um, I guess dismiss our own values because we see these pictures of what mm -hmm. others feel is freedom or success or love. And we try to work toward that. And then we get there and are sorely disappointed because we're not connecting to how we really wanted to feel or what would make us feel how we want to feel. It's true. We got to go back to that. I think that's number one is connecting back to the feeling. But Kristen, I apologize. I have to get going because I have a yeah. client at, in like one minute. So yes, absolutely. <laughs> very busy lady. We're going to let you go. Thank you for taking the time to speak with us. Um, if you want to learn more about Leah Guzman, can you please share where they could find you before you go? Yes, yes, yes. Um, you can find me on my website is leahguzman.com and I do offer individual sessions. I either do coaching or therapy and then I have a, a group community that we make art twi uh, twice a month as a group together, which is also fun. And on Instagram, I'm art therapy online and Leah Guzman art. That's me. I love it. I know everybody's going to go search for you. Thanks again for taking the time. I will see you <laughs> very soon. Um, and thanks for joining us on the Wild Wonder podcast. Uh, Patreon members can join us live anytime at patreon.com forward slash wild wonder. See you soon. Bye. Bye.